Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I am your host, Phyllis Gove, and this is our second episode of our Felicity miniseries that we're doing on the episodes of Felicity that aired in 1999. Uh, last week, we had Emily Vanderwerf on. We talked about the pilot, and we kind of yada yada through the first 10 episodes that didn't air in 1999. And then we talked about an episode called Gimme an O, which was all about uh, basically Felicity uh, deciding that she maybe kind of wanted to have sex, but then decided not to have sex in the end anyway um and here we are at episode 112 with our special guest past and future guest alex amin uh you might remember her from our episode on the wood uh whenever that was i don't even know when we did that it feels like it was like a year ago uh yeah it was what is time a pre-coronavirus world where you know time actually moved how is it how is it that the days go by really fast, but the weeks feel like they're taking fucking forever. Why is that? It's, Why is that? I, I, just, I do not understand. It's like I every day like I'm like, I'm- oh, this day went by fast. What day is it though? What? When is it? Where are we? How is it still March? I feel like I'm living in a Jane Austen novel minus the pretty dresses. <laughs> you know? We're like, oh, nightfall. I guess this is when I read a book. And- <laughs> yeah. Like daylight, like yeah. my my day's activity is going for a walk. Yeah. Staring out of my window. It's the only thing that punctuates my weeks is my therapist appointment <laughs> that I do via Skype. That's it. Go. That's the only time that I'm like, oh, I have a thing to do on this day. Like this this has to happen at this time. 
Anyway. Our, I will say our department has been maintaining a daily conference, a daily Zoom call, mm-hmm. which is, um, it like makes me get out of bed and take a shower. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's very necessary. Um, I've, yeah, I have, I've grown, not that I didn't have already, but a very fond, a great fondness for my colleagues for that. I'll, I will say this, um, <laughs> when I take a shower, which if I'm being honest, I take a shower almost every day, but there have been days where I don't. That's fair. And when That's I, and, and when I do take a shower, I'm like, go me having a shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. Let's talk about Felicity. Okay. Um, did you watch Felicity when it was airing back in 98, 99? Was this something that uh, that spoke to you back then? Well, let me let me share something really interesting with you, mm-hmm. with all of you. So I, <laughs> I was in high school in 1999, mm-hmm. um, and I went to college. I went to NYU. Not and, UNY. <laughs> not UNY. But I like to consider that I followed Ben Covington to NYU. <laughs> Felicity 100% played a very big, very, very big role in my decision for going to – well, not even going to NYU, but even knowing what NYU was, mm-hmm. researching it, thinking I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to live there forever – that didn't happen. I mean, I did go to NYU, but came back yeah. immediately. Um, and so, yes, it definitely played a very big role. I was a huge Buffy fan. Uh, and so that is – and uh, were they, which led into Dawson's Creek. But right. I stuck with – Felicity ended up being more of a thing for me than Dawson's Creek did. Not that Dawson's Creek wasn't a big thing, but Felicity was like my jam. It just really – it really struck a chord with me. You know, it's funny that you say that because now I'm starting to wonder what Felicity was paired with on the WB. Was it paired with Buffy or was it paired I with Dawson's think Creek? When it originally aired, it with aired Dawson's after Buffy. Uh, hold on one second think, here. I'm going to look at Maybe it was a lead into Buffy. Yeah, I, I had pulled this up also. But I'm. Uh, bear it, with me one second as I find out this piece of information for all of the people out there that are interested in what the hell I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it's. I, I'm just. I'll find it eventually, but I, I don't know what what led into it. But it. I, but I. The reason I bring it up is because it does feel like a lot of people talk about. I mean, the WB's heyday, right? Is mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek, Felicity, Buffy. Right. Like yeah. it feels like those three are when it's really kind of clicking on all cylinders. Now, there's other shows that kind of intermingle. I think Charmed was maybe a part of that. Charmed definitely was a part of that. It feels like Gilmore Girls was the end of it. Yeah. Like that was the last big sort of WB show. Yeah. Um, but I even remember, and I should find this picture. I'm sure I can find it somewhere. You know how Entertainment Weekly used to do their best of the years, right? And their entertainers yeah. of the year. Yeah. And I remember, I think in 99, they did one with like all the casts of the big WB shows in uh-huh. like, some emo outfits and what have you. But like, yeah. it's just, it was a big fucking thing. Like, it feels like a thing that... And I, I, I don't want to speak at a school because I don't know what HBO Max is ultimately going to become. But it does feel a little bit like the goal for that is to kind of harness some of that again to try to get back to those 
smart yeah. shows aimed at teens and 20 somethings. Yeah. Smart soaps. And, and so this show really kind of, for me anyway, um, it is my WB soap show. Like I like mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek, but I kind of dropped off. It went on for quite some time. Same. And, Same. Uh, you know, and Buffy, I absolutely understand why people love Buffy, but I just haven't watched the entire run of it. There's just so many. Like the thing about Felicity is that four seasons of, like there isn't even a hundred episodes, I think, of Felicity in total. Yeah, I think it's eighty-six. So like, it's like something like that, which makes it a little bit more manageable, and it just becomes a show that I'm like, I saw the entire run of it, like I get it, and it's all right. done and packaged and what have you. Um, so, so for you, you go to New York because not obviously to chase your to your Ben Covington, but was it part of this like this? you know, flying by the seat of your pants, taking life, you know, and and sort of like doing what, like the thing about Felicity's decision to do this is that she, um, it's interesting. And I I very much want to get your thoughts on this, this, the weird feminist situation that this show lives in, right. Which is that a lot of people think that the show was about a girl chasing a boy. Right. But the argument to be made for the show is that it's really not about him at all. It's actually about a about a girl finding her independence, figuring out who the, the person she wants to be and and taking control of her own life uh, and her own destiny. Um, it's really so when her life – Yeah, 100%. I mean the show, yes, is that is the – that's the instigator of her going. But once she gets there, she realizes – I didn't actually come to New York for Ben. Mm-hmm. I came to New York to get away from my parents, to find myself, to be independent and to figure things out. And I think that ultimately is really what resonated as well as like the emo vibes, you know, when you're in high school and like, you know, yeah. everyone's gorgeous. And that's something we'll also talk about gorgeous yeah. and very white. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I very much want to talk about that because yeah. of who wrote this episode exactly. and this episode having such a, a prominent Elena storyline. I, yes. I very much want to talk about that. But yeah. but I think yeah. that you know you you really kind of tapped into something there. You know, at the end of the pilot, uh, Ben and Felicity have that moment on the roof in Los Angeles posing as New York, right? Right. And right. from and the Sony it, lot, I think. I believe so, because <laughs> it's it's like Maybe that was downtown. It's like it, it had like one kind of strip of road that kind of looked like it could be if it was blurry, could be New York. Right. And and they had this conversation where Ben basically says to her, he confesses to the fact that he made up that whole thing in his essay about his brother dying of cancer. And and he's the long and short of it is him basically saying, like, I'm not that fucking great. Like, I, I, you, I'm not worth coming to New York for. And Felicity, for all intents and purposes, kind of says the same thing, which is she's just like, I didn't come here for you, really. I came here for myself. Um, And, you know, and and her finding out that her father pulled strings and how much she hates that that was how she almost got into school back back west. So all of that sort of brings me to the question that that feels like you sort of had, which was you moved from out west to east. Yeah, so I'm from L.A. You're from L.A. Yeah, and I moved out there. Yeah. So you go to New York and... I mean, was that experience, and I'm not going to say like, was it like Felicity? Because that's an absurd sort of notion. But as someone who didn't go away to school, like I went to film school in the same city that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I never had that experience. So for you, it was like you had the dorms, you had the kind of Mm -hmm. that experience, right? Yeah, I I distinctly remember. Um, So first of all, I was 17 years old when I started NYU. I mean, insane. Crazy. Crazy. 
Um, I distinctly remember. So my mom came with me to New York. She moved me into my dorm. She was there for two days and then it was time for her to leave. And I remember walking her from my dorm up to Broadway for her to get her cab. She gets in a cab. I shut the door. I I wave goodbye. I pivot to walk back to the dorm and it hits me like a, just a 10 ton truck. Like what the fuck am I doing here? I have no one and I'm in New York. Like what is going on? Um, and it was great. And I went back to my dorm and, um, and, and, and that, that piece of Felicity, the, the dorm, dorm life of Felicity is so essential. It's such an essential piece of the show that is real. I mean, my best friends in life are, I lived with in Goddard freshman year of NYU, you know, Irina was my random paired roommate from Cleveland, Ohio. And Annie lived on the seventh floor or the sixth floor. I can't remember. We were on the third and we were on a text chain now talking about, you know, like we needed one another and you, and you get to college. And I think that Felicity does a really good job about this with this. When you get to college, there's this feeling of like, we're all here. We're all starting from the same place yeah. and life is starting anew, but it's not like everyone comes there coming from different places. They're going through shit. They're figuring things out. It's not like everything that led up to this moment has gone away and you're in this hyper condensed environment where everyone's sleep deprived. Everyone is away from their home for the first time from their parents and siblings for the first time ever. Um, and they have to figure life out and they only have one another to sort of bounce things off of, uh, and like grow together, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I talked about this last week, but uh, and I'm sure I'll keep talking about it again in future episodes. But what this show, I think, does so beautifully, and it's one of the reasons that I always come back to it to rewatch it, is how inviting it is, how yeah. welcoming it is. Those dorms, that life, that everything's autumnal and warm and browns and golden hues. Yeah. And everything just makes you want to be like, I want to live in this beautiful little ecosystem that they've created for themselves, where yeah. all these beautiful people get to have in- these sort of like, you know, manageable things that happen in their lives. In like J Crew, you know, yeah, Banana uh, Republic, yeah, Banana Republic, like yep, big yep. coats, cable knit, yep. giant, yep, turtleneck sweaters. It's just Felicity with a with a with a wool hat on and a big chunky sweater, yeah. and like yeah. It's, yeah, it's just it's, perfect. It's yeah, it's perfect. I mean, I would go to Dean and Deluca to study probably because of Felicity. Of yeah. One hundred percent. If I've ever eaten there, and I think I've eaten there less than five times in my life, every time I take a picture of it and be like, "It's because of Felicity that I'm here." I don't give a shit. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 a really. It's just a very sweet show. And I'm, I am a sucker for earnest things. I'm, I, I was the first one to admit that it's one of the reasons that I love this show, that everything feels everyone is, is trying to be their best. You know what I mean? Which is, which is something that a lot of shows don't strive for. Yeah. So like, I just, I, I really do appreciate all of these things about the show. Um, that being said, um, Felicity is psychotic in a lot of ways. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, 
yeah, going back <laughs> and rewatching this now, first of all, I had the first season on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why. Yeah. So had to like, pull, had to pull Take out my out. DVD yeah, player, yeah, yeah. plug it in. Yeah. Um, rewatching it now for the third time. What would be my third time rewatching sure. the first season? I, I was struck <clears throat> by, she's a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> she, Felicity yeah, is nice. off her rocker. I mean, I would like to say, aren't we all? But we're not all that off our rocker. <laughs> and essentially financially supported to be off that rocker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to go to NYU or I'm sorry, UNY. UNY. Um, so, I mean, it's crazy. And that, and what is so mind-boggling <laughs> is that she really leans into her craziness, that she shows up and she sees Ben Covington and she's like, hey, so I came here for you. It's like, what? Can you, you imagine him that? if you said that to another human being, they'd be like, who are you? And then like on top of – so you, you have two key scenes in the pilot for me that really harness her, her madness. Yeah. The first is when she initially is in the stairwell with him and yes. she's like, so this is, I know this is kind of weird, but I came here for you. And the look on his face is just like, okay, that's a lot, but okay. He and handled then, it like a champ, actually. Really? Like, like a total a good champ. Guy. Yeah. And then it's at the end when she goes to his apartment and starts that's yelling so at him and says, you made me fall in love with you. And he's just like, you're sounding crazy. <laughs> you made me fall in love with you. So when crazy. she says that, I was like, I love no, it so much. no, I have to like turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. I can't, I can't, I can't. I mean, she would be it's crazy. She would be put in an institution right now if that happened. He'd have a restraining order by the end of the pilot yeah. on this. Noel, girl. the RA, would be like yeah. dealing with her. Be like, I have to deal with this insane girl who lives on my floor. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I'm really happy. Oh, I mean, I thank God it. that Ben <laughs> was able to really handle it. Thank I mean, God. that's part of it too, which is that like it's – the show is aware of its of its craziness, which I yeah. think helps. You know, that photo ID moment at the beginning – when she sees him kiss some rando girl oh, and yeah. just craters in on herself yes, and, and realizes that she's made this terrible mistake. It's, I think that the show repeatedly takes these moments to kind of kick Felicity in the teeth to be like, you're crazy. <laughs> and the world is like, you need to be taken down a notch. So it grounds her and the premise at every opportunity, which is why I think it works. Yeah. Uh, it's also perfectly cast. I mean, she's great. The two, the two other uh, Scott, it's, the two Scots. Yeah. Um, it is so. Yeah, it's, it's it something. Is, it, the casting of this. I mean, so much of this show. It also, what strikes me is how much of it is in an, in a very nostalgic reflection is so relevant today. You know, even like watching it and thinking, oh, you know, I know I texted you while I was watching it, but being like, oh, you're such a knoll. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really but that's okay not with a that. bad thing. Noel is great. Noel is so great. Yep. Um, and me trying to think, like, I wonder which character am I? I mean, even, I think when I was in college, I fancied myself a Megan, even though I probably was more like 
Javier. <laughs> like the, the gay Spaniard <laughs> managing the Dean and DeLuca. It's probably more akin to my inner that's self really than funny. um oh, that's really than funny. who I really wanted to be. The you know, the crazy cool yeah. Wiccan. I mean, I wanted to be Ben. But I can't pull off Ben. First of all, I want to take that back a little bit. I didn't. I, I don't want to be as as dumb as a bag of hammers like Ben is. Yeah. Ben well, is I love. Adult. They do a great but. job of making Ben a real Sweet. human being. Yeah, they make him three dimensional. Yeah. He's he's kind of like he's a Labrador. You know, he's yeah. sort of like dumb. Absolutely. And like, always yeah. has this stupid smile. He's so pretty and very loyal. You know, so like he's, he's just so yeah. yeah and loyal yeah. and yeah. Ugh, great care. I mean, they're all. They're all really good people. I mean, I feel like yeah. the writers wrote off of people who they either were or yeah. or wanted to be. Wanted yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's. A, again, like it's a really nice show, and it's it's one of those shows that. And I have I have comfort food shows. You know, shows that especially in these crazy times that we live in, where you just want a show that makes you feel good, like things are going to be okay. You know, your your West Wings, your Parks and Recs, your Felicities, your shows that just that just make you feel like it's going to be fine. And this is just one of those shows, and I and and it's a testament to the writers, it's a testament to the actors. Um, but here's a question for you, actually, and maybe you can help us solve this mystery. You won't be able to solve it, I imagine, right here on mic, but maybe through your various channels, you might be able to figure this out for us. The mystery of who shot the pilot of Felicity. There is a name. But this oh. person has no credits to speak of. They've never been heard from again. Oh. And there's a lot of people online that think that it might have been like a high level DP that just didn't want their didn't want to take the credit for it or did it as like a favor to somebody. There are people that think JJ might have shot it. So for the for the listeners out there, Alex works in the below the line department of of a major talent we call agency. It production department. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're 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 veering away from below the line. Just, Whatever, fine. Yeah. Sorry, the production department. I feel so foolish. Egg all over my face right now. Okay. Um, okay. You're learning. And uh, <laughs> so you might actually be able to find this out. And if you I, can, that is something I will happily research. Who, well, Matt Reeves and JJ had done something. I wonder if it was the DP who shot their first thing, or it must um, have been a big DP. What if it was like Chivo? It wasn't. <laughs> 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 oh my god! I wish that was true. Uh, hold on, I'm going to tell you the person's name just so you you'll know what I'm talking about, and I'll, I'll obviously send this to you as well. Um, but it it's and and the funny thing is that on the commentary track, uh, they talk about uh, how well shot it was, and then they they actually name drop the person, but they don't. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll, um, oh, they name Richard drop- Richard Fannin <laughs> has. Has no Richard other credits. F A N N I N has no other credits to speak of. So, you know, I'll be curious to hear if you can find out anything. But we'll we'll figure it out. But I'm it's a, one of those things that it feels like a mystery that hopefully we can solve by the end of this mini series. That would be that would be fun. I'm gonna um, work on that. I'm gonna work on that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So the episode we're talking about today is episode 112, titled "Friends." Uh, after Felicity thinks she spots Blair. Uh, kissing someone other than Elena, she decides to blow the whistle on him until she realizes the mystery vixen is Elena's best friend, Tara. Meanwhile, Julie learns the identity of her birth mother. So that's kind of two of the storylines that exist in this episode. Mm -hmm. There's another one, which is that (laughs) 
Noel gets pulled into a Russian syndicate of, of vending machines. Which is, in, out in Brighton Beach. Yeah, seriously. With, um, what, what's her name? Ivana Milosevic? Yeah. So there's that too. Uh, Friends, the episode aired on January 26th, 1999, and it was written by Gina Prince. Is it By the Wood? Is that how you say mm-hmm. her name? And directed by Todd Holland. Um, so we should talk for a second here about your favorite writer, director, or one of them, Gina Prince. But <laughs> so, if nothing else, yeah. love and yeah. basketball. <laughs> Love and basketball, yes, which I, we referenced on the wood a lot. We did, we did. On the wood episode. So when you told me that I was going to be doing this episode, I was like, which episode was that? And then went back and was like, oh, this all, this makes sense. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, and so rewatching the whole thing, I, you know, obviously didn't, I, I guess, Maybe at one point I saw that she had written on Felicity, but it really, it struck me that she was a writer on this season of Felicity, which is crazy, especially considering Love and Basketball hadn't even come out yet. Nope. So, I mean, props to- Did she go to like USC or something like that? Was she part of, I think that JJ might have known her through- she must have. Through film school she or must like have. That, that must have been the up. case. Yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll have to research that. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, the Elena character mm-hmm. is, well, hold on. Let me go back and yeah. just say, also in rewatching it, struck by one Gina Prince by the Wood was a writer on the show, which is rad. You know, like you look at the people involved in this show, That's which. Crazy. You know, none. How when I was watching it in real time in 1999, when I was some like loser sophomore in, in or freshman in college. Uh, I'm sorry, in high school. Like, who was to know that who all these people would become? Like, <laughs> forget JJ and Matt Reeves and Gina, but also just the cast. Even some of like the randoms, like one of the RAs is Taraji Henson. You're like. Whoa, what is Michael, going on? Michael Pena shows up as, Michael and do you Pena? know what Michael Pena's character's name was? Brian oh. Burke. <laughs> they call him Berkey. Berkey, that's right. Who used like, to run what? Bad Robot for J.J. Abrams. But it's just, it's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Insider knowledge. Um, it's, it's really crazy. It's really crazy uh, stuff. So I just think that this episode, well, when you're watching the show, you're also struck by the whiteness this show is so white and and as we're all of the shows on the wb as we're all of the shows on television more or less at this point and it is like we're supposed to you know this is supposed to be new york and there are two black people on the show and after this episode back to one one. (laughs) (laughs) um i just think that that it makes this episode the fact that it was written by gina it makes sense that the elena character who is the black friend Mm -hmm. um is the main character really of this episode that the story really revolves around her and and there there which i don't think is a coincidence i know Definitely okay. not a coincidence. Yeah. Really not. Um, I think Elena's character is, to go back to how Gina is a really phenomenal writer, 
I always thought that Elena's storylines were really touching and profound, maybe a little bit too adult Mm -hmm. to take it. You know, she's also the actress was much older than the, I think she was like five or six years older than everyone else. She seems older than the rest of the cast. She seems older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Tangi Tangi Miller was the actress's name. Yes. Tangi Miller. Also just stunning. She's so beautiful. Um, You know, I, this really felt like, the show is so hungry for diversity and mm-hmm. diversity of opinion. And it all kind of is channeled through Elena, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you can really hear Gina like in that room. Yep. You know, speak like I, I love in an earlier episode, the episode of with the refrigerator, you know, yep. where it's yep. like, that's the, it's such a stupid little thing to get mm-hmm. upset about, but it wasn't, you know, that, that is an opinion that no one else would call anybody else out on if it weren't for somebody who felt like the other, you know? For sure. For sure. I guess, so here's my question to you as well, because it, it does speak to this storyline and, and I, I, Blair is just such a shitty character. Like I, I just, I, and, and I don't know that it's, I, I don't think that it's speaking to stereotypes too much. But it does feel at times like it's dipping its toes into some stereotypes that aren't great. Well, yeah. So I wrote down the line that he says when Felicity approaches him about making out with Tara and seeing him. He says, you see the back of some brother's head and assume it's me. To which I say, in this show, yes. (laughs) Because you are the only brother in the show. <laughs> but I would also argue That's too, like, but, how yeah, the but, fuck did this uh, character to pull the race yeah. card on Felicity in this in this situation yes. when he is yeah. clearly in the wrong? Is crazy, He's clearly, to me. and it and so unfortunate that the one black male character, with the exception of like a yeah. random RA on another floor, who that's a whole other thing, but um, yeah. <laughs> that he is this guy. It was. It's such a letdown, you know, that he starts out as, you know, this really warm and loving guy who really yeah. pushes Elena, who is, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise so focused on on studying to really just open up to him. And you, you know, and he's kind of brought into the group. He's brought into the fold. Mm-hmm. And then he does this thing which really felt quite out of character. Um, and I thought that it was such a negative representation of, you know, everything that we're, that everything that is being fought against the preconceptions of black masculinity and, you know, um, and also friendship between African-American women too. Yes. You know, the whole thing just felt so unfortunate and so cliche, um, even though I appreciate yeah. that the story happened because that storyline easily could have happened and kind of does happen over the course of the show between all of the other characters, you know, like the Julie, Ben, Felicity, Noel, you know, everyone is catching everyone like talking or catching feelings or kissing or, you know, um, but the fact that 
they really delve into the I, the notion of infidelity and infidelity with another friend that they that they make it the first real serious issue that Elena goes through and Blair's yeah. last bit on the show like Blair goes away after that um well, he comes back next week to get like kicked in the balls or something like right. that but yes 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 right <clears throat> but that is um that was that was sort of sad to me and i think that wouldn't happen today which makes me you know yeah i i couldn't agree with you more that i think that as we as we look at this through the lens of a 1999 lens and how this show was attempting to be more diverse um and and i appreciate its its attempts at being progressive under the circumstances that, but but i and i spoke about this with emily last week you know one one of the 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 failures if there is a failure to this show i really think is the female relationships between julie elena and felicity which is that she's not particularly great friends with either of these women like they they both and and their storylines kind of read that way of like well we've got felicity's storyline we have ben's storyline what noel's doing this week okay i guess we got to figure out what julie and elena are doing and they always feel like a byproduct of of that as opposed to it feeling like a a full-throated ensemble piece which would have benefited the show greatly just in general, as opposed right. to from a diverse and from a gender perspective as well. Um, and I, I don't use this as a, as a, um, as character assassination on any of them, because I actually mm-hmm. think that they all do exist in a space together. They yeah. just don't actually fuse together in a way that makes those relationships feel a hundred percent lived in. Right. Um, so it's, yeah. it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the, the weaker things about the show, but I do think to Gina's credit, she infused a uh, a believability in in the stereotypes that might have existed within that storyline. Yes. Like I think that it all felt genuine and heartfelt in a way that this show does very well. So yes. even if I didn't necessarily love the plotting of what was happening with these characters, yeah. I believed Elena when she's confronting Felicity about you know when Felicity's yeah. like, "Yeah, so your friend is cheating on your uh, right. with your boyfriend," and and I respected that Elena refused to allow and forgive this for sounding harsh, but allowing a white girl to come up to her and try to wedge or destroy the relationship she had with other um, American right. African American characters. And when she says, "Yeah," and I and I wrote this line down when she says, "How good of friends are we?" Yeah. You've never even been to my house. Yeah. You've never even been to my house. You yeah. weren't there with me when my mother was dying. Yeah. So um, like, I respect all of yeah. that. that. That again, like that's. And props that to, scene. props to Gina yeah. for like yes. really calling, that's I think I mean. calling yeah. all of this out. Yeah. And by the way, too, I don't. I mean, it should go without saying that I don't think that Felicity's. You know, I think Felicity is is having this conversation with the best of intentions, as is her character. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, and I think that they handle it very well in terms of navigating. Yeah. You know, a little bit of a minefield in terms of this relationship between these two people and how how they sort of you know the yeah. the, the boundaries that might exist between them. But you know, it's it's. That scene to me is probably the best scene in the episode yes. in terms of like Elena being very real with Felicity, Felicity not yes. really knowing what to do with that information. Right. Um, it's, right. it's really interesting. And their relationship up until this point and even going farther down the road until Felicity eventually drops at a pre-med, but like they're competitors. Like they're actually, 
they're friends, but they're both aiming for the same brass ring. So it's, it is interesting to see how they sort of, how they deal with that. Right. Right. And I, um, yeah. yeah. And you know, I, how they, and I'm sure we'll get to, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to get to this at the end, but the, the Sally's message. Oh yeah. Where she drops like crazy truth bombs. <laughs> yeah. Truth bombs. Thank you, Janine Garofalo. Right? <laughs> Janine Garofalo would be like, oh, yeah, uh, Felicity, FYI, cheated on my husband once. Right. Like, right. What? what? You did? Why? That never came up <laughs> before? Oh, God. Um, in, my, in my dreams, someday I get to make the show about Sally. And it's her God. saying, dear Felicity, every week. And she's on tapes telling Felicity all this. Anyway. Phil, that's great. It's a great idea. It's yeah. so good. She yeah. gets these Maybe letters back from this. That crazy crazy girl in New York. Jesus Christ. Also, how about the fact that Sally, I think is in this uh, season, I think Sally is 32, 33, yeah. 34. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I'm Sally. <laughs> <laughs> if I were getting these letters once a week, <laughs> I'd be like, Felicity, calm the fuck down, okay? It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I'm dealing with real fucking problems over here. Yeah, like Sally. Sally is a real. She's yeah. a champion. She's a real poet. <laughs> um. So this also this episode was directed by Todd Holland, who is a he's a pretty uh, prolific TV director. He's done a whole bunch of television shows. Um. Some of some of my favorite episodes of uh, Wonder Falls. He did the pilot of Wonder Falls, I believe. Um. And uh, I think he was uh, a Malcolm in the Middle director, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I hope that I'm not making all that up. Um. So. I want to talk just a little bit about, so as I'm sure you've noticed during your rewatch of Felicity, you know, there are some hits, there are some misses, you know, it, it, it fluctuates in quality from time to time. And it does feel like sometimes the episodes can feel very, very WB. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they can feel very like there are certain storylines you're like, this feels a little bit on the nose or this feels a little easy. And I'd be lying if I said like that this episode didn't feel like it had a, fair amount of that turned yeah. into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, Felicity seeing Blair cheating, Ben isn't sure how to support Julie with the identity of her birth mom, Noel getting pulled into this weird Russian vending machine syndicate. Uh, it's a little plottier and soapier than the show all, and the maybe Julie is mom all the time. Thing. Did you say the Julie mom thing? The Julie it? thing is not great. The Julie... Yeah. I Julie, mean, Julie in general is oh, so A black hole. Yeah, just a black is. hole of, of yeah. storylines. Yeah. And it's not uh, Amy Jo Johnson's fault. It's just that no. they just don't know what to do with the character. Um, I think they were also trying to – Julie felt like the 1999 um, vibe, like Lilith Fair vibe, you know? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think that they were really – maybe that maybe she's just – that was a sign of the times or a representation of the times. Like that that – that just, it's I know like, what you're saying. It's a very Lisa Lowe. We, we knew that girl. Right? Yeah, very Lisa Lowe. Yeah, it's yeah. just very, um, you know, woe is me. Everything is always sad. And, you know, well, of course, Ben being she, the guy who take. Oh, and that men are always attracted to her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, woe, woe is me. It's so hard. It's so hard for Julie. Just yeah. always guys wanting to have sex with her. Um, but then I'll also say, her character starts off in a pretty dark place. They do that whole, the rape storyline, the, the two part yeah. uh, thing, which I think they handle relatively well under the circumstances. But and again, going it's... back now, especially in light of the me too movement, yeah. 
you go back and you're like, whoa, that was actually pretty nuanced. I, I agree with you. Yeah. But I also think like that's episode five or six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So what we're really talking about here is the beginning of this character starts from a place of, of tragedy and victimhood and, and, and that's not great. Um, so it, 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 she always felt like tough. Um, but you know, uh, I will say this for the adoption storyline. Once, uh, Jane Krakowski comes into it, it's Jane Krakowski, right? Or Jane, sorry. Kaz- uh, Jane Kazmarek. Kazmarek. Yeah. Um, once she comes in, it at least becomes a real storyline. Cause it's playing, it's playing against a person. It's an actual like person now, as opposed yeah. to this ethereal idea of my step, my, my biological mom and how do I find her and all that. So I appreciated that that happened. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning of this episode, uh, we're introduced to Donna Logue. <laughs> my God. I, I was like, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> you're like, look, oh. Donna Logue's in this show. Uh, playing the character as pseudo autistic. Yeah, like were you were you yeah, that kind of vibe from yeah me? yeah of course yes yeah like he remembers everyone he's this he's this like uh well you probably have a nice description already no yeah written. he just he he felt very uh he's a little fidgety he like repeats himself he feels like there's like there's like ticks to him he's as everybody wearing a fucking sweater he also <laughs> looks like he's forty like I yes. don't know why he's at he's why he's at NYU student. he's a grad student. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh fine. So we we meet Donald Logue. But the but the um the um um It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Visual memory of everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a yeah. photographic outfit. memory of everything. He knows how everyone's outfits are. He like repeats it like Rain Man. It's not great. I'm not it's into not it. It's not great, but at, at the very, you know, New York, they're a bunch of weirdos. NYU, <laughs> you know, at least it was like a little bit of a nod to like, this goes out to all the weirdos. You know, I and by the way, like the the casting is on the money because Donald Logue is just a sweet guy, and you're like, I buy this. And then Felicity turns and she sees Blair kissing Elena's friend Tara, uh, and that's like the that's the end of the cold open, classic WB, like right smash to credits off of that. Um, we then come back and uh, it kind of plays out the way that you would expect it. I do love that we find out that Megan sleeps naked. Yes, I love of course Megan she does. so much. Man. Megan's the best. Amanda Foreman is just such a oh my god! I I yeah, she's such a rock star. I love her so much. Um, 
I, I love Noel's story, but accidentally kissing his mom on the lips. Oh my God. And that they cycled back to it in a great moment. Like it happened to no one. (laughs) It's also the way that Scott Foley says like, yeah, it happened with me and my mom once. I was like, mom, I, I, like it just, he starts stammering. and doesn't know what to do. It's really, it's fantastic. Um, so here's a question for you. Um, how did you feel about Elena and Tara's relationship? Like, how did you feel about the way those two actors played off of each other and those dynamics? I didn't buy it at all. Okay. <laughs> to be honest. I, I didn't want to be the one to say it. My honest opinion is I didn't buy it at all. It felt like they, ugh, I mean, they needed to throw somebody in there. They needed that character. It's a shame that this, that they couldn't really build up that episode or build up that character, even like for two more episodes. Like if she could just be in it for two more episodes before that and we can like figure out a little bit of just see them interact. You know, there's that thing, there's that one scene where Tara comes running into the dorm room when she, when Elena and Felicity are studying and she's like, turn on hot 97. Um, and they start dancing together. They start dancing to like it's their jam, which did I did love that that you know when you, you know when like a song yeah. came on the radio back when we all listened to the radio and uh <laughs> it felt like that moment in time you're like, "Oh, I have to call like I have to call Kelly because our yeah, song yeah. is on the radio." Yeah. Um that <laughs> felt that felt genuine. And that felt genuine. Yeah. If that had been in the episode before that, how great this really would have landed, you know? Here's and again. also Tara doesn't Tara just this is gonna sound really bad, but Tara just she's cast as the black girl. You know, it's like she Yeah. She doesn't really say anything interesting. She she's just she exists there as Elena's friend. And it's and she's black because Elena would only have black friends type thing. It felt so overly simplified and like just abs no nutrients to that uh, yeah, relationship I, at all. I I couldn't agree with you more. I I do feel like, and again, I don't know any of this for a fact, so I'm just going to speculate here. But by bringing this character in for only one episode. To, to take to essentially eradicate Blair from this. It, it, yeah. the, the question I'm asking myself is, was Blair not working and they knew it wasn't working and they wanted to get rid of him and they were trying to figure out the quickest way to do it and they bring in this best friend character in order to blah, 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 and it pulls him out of the story. And because of that, to your point, if you had one more episode with Tara, one more episode where you just give them a storyline where they're hanging out together and they're, you know, dancing, whatever the case might be, it would have gone so much farther towards also showing how fucking hard it would be for Felicity to throw Tara under the bus for all of these things to happen. It just, it would have, it really would have just strengthened that storyline so that all of this stuff would have landed a little harder. And the flip side to that, of course, is it works fine. Like it doesn't, it's not terrible. Um, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that works about it. It's it's often an episode that I think about. I actually really like the end of the episode. I really like when they're outside the club and he shows up and like, it's, it's a really nice visual reveal. It's yeah. a lot of like showing and not telling, which is really yeah. nice. Um, so there's just, there, there is a lot of stuff that's really good in it. It's yeah. just to your point, it feels rushed. 
It feels like I it also, just needed a little bit of air to breathe. And I also think that a really big part of college is losing your friends from high school. Yep. You know? Yes. Yes. And that was a missed, there was a little bit of a missed opportunity to lean into that. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so let's talk about Sean's apartment for a second. <laughs> because the fantasy that is Sean's apartment. The fantasy that is Sean's life. I- yeah. Sean, by the way, who is constantly like trying to come up with get rich quick schemes, none of which work. So I keep asking myself, where's Sean's money coming from? Yeah. The, oh. the, the vending machines with the cameras? No idea. You lived in New York. How much would that loft apartment, the size of that loft apartment with like vending machines, soda, fridges, and like just it's, it's, it's gargantuan. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay. People lived in lofts. People had some nice lofts. Okay. okay. But okay. there, it wasn't just two guys living in it. <laughs> it was like, five gross like jazz musicians and it was far out in brooklyn far out it was like and their rooms were separated by like corrugated like yeah like like plaster wall oh god Ugh. yeah yeah um and and it was clean and it was like Mm -hmm. furnished which is not real like i think at one point doesn't Ben by it went there was an episode where Ben gets a new bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's this like beautiful rustic wooden bed. And I'm like, <laughs> this would never happen. That guy, I mean, Ben is sleeping on a mattress on the floor. For sure. A hundred percent. Like yeah. yeah, Ben is <sighs> So yeah. I mean, but let's not forget, let the one thing we also need to remember is that yes. Ben and Felicity are rich. Ben's I don't know that Ben parents, is rich. I don't think Ben's, Ben's rich. parents cut him off. Like his dad cuts oh, him yes, off. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, but you remember who played his dad in future seasons? No. John Ritter. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. I didn't I haven't I haven't gone back and rewatched um, It's like I think it's season three, he shows up and he okay. kisses Felicity. And it like oh, gets oh, real. Oh my god, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> I having it's I'm so now I'm like reaching the end of season two. But uh-huh. um, in rewatching, but it's um, wow, it's, God, I forgot that happened. Yeah. Wow, Felicity it's, did really go off the melodrama rails. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, just just wow. just, just with its arms outstretched, just wow. flailing off of a cliff. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, yeah. wow. I mean, yeah, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, Ben's are, on, Yeah, on they're the like rich white kids, you know, from Palo Alto. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there is that. So the fact that he's living in that apartment makes sense to me in the beginning Mm -hmm. but and he's living there with other guys but when the other people move out you're like Mm -hmm. how does maybe it was one of those lofts that sean bought in the 80s like in soho that you know sean's not that much older than these kids you're making him sound like he's in his 60s true but but that's another thing sean feels really old to me and you know respective of of these kids you know and like why is sean in the library you know like sean really like oh, why is he hanging out in the great, library yeah, I know, that episode's great. great that episode's fantastic where he's trying to sell fruit to fruit. the kids 
<laughs> no one's fighting. I mean, but then when he falls in love with the librarian, and mm-hmm. you're like, "You're what? 40 years old. Why are you in Bope's library right now? Like, get out of here." Although I will say, I did love when he starts dating Megan. Yeah, yeah, and that I, I bought that. I bought that. Yeah. yeah, God, I love it's- Megan. <laughs> Megan's the best. Amanda Foreman has become the cast member that I desperately want to have on this podcast. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it, but that's the one that I'm like determined to get Amanda Foreman on here. But we'll see. Uh, Who reps her? We, no we can get this done. We'll we figure, we're going to figure this out. We're going to make yeah. it happen. We're going to make uh, what it happen. What's she got to do? Happen. She's quarantined like all of us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about Sensa. And the uh, the Russian vending uh, yes. machine storyline. Yes, I mean, first of all, Brighton Beach. Um, is, okay, yeah, go ahead. Set it. I up, really set it up. liked the line when she when she sees Felicity for the first time and says, "You can make a lot of money selling your hair." <laughs> <laughs> and I wish that they had gone back to that when she cuts her hair and that she sold it to her. Like that would have been a nice callback. I know. I mean, whatever. But it's just it's just such a weird thing to say to somebody. It, I I loved that character. She's so good. She's great. She's great. And and she actually, I feel like I knew some people like that, like people who are from New York, yeah. NYU, who like they just, you know, yeah. This was kind of like playtime, more or less. It, like this ugh, was I have to an episode. College. This was a storyline in an episode where when they show up at the um at the I don't know what you call it, like the warehouse or whatever. Yeah. And she says that, you know, that she told her parents that Noel was her boyfriend or whatever. And I was watching this feeling like it honestly felt like it could have been like a light storyline from Alias. Like it had this, like it had this really fun sort of like, this isn't really Felicity, but I'm enjoying that we're going on this weird sort of deviated path. And Um, it was a, a, you know, a somewhat diverse storyline. You get some culture in there. Get some culture. not just. Yeah. White dorm life, and you uh, get to see Nor- you get to see Noel just like fish out of water, being nervous and scared, yeah. and it's it's just really funny. Scott Foley is so good. He's so good. He's so think, good. You know, I thank God Scott Foley stuck around. You know, like Scott Foley, that he's still out here in these streets. He's kicking. Yeah, like, he was whiskey cavalier last year. <laughs> yeah, I thank God. Cool. Thank God for that. I'm thank so God happy. for that. He I'm also so happy has, Scott Foley came out on top. He has per he has really perfect line readings in terms of specifically in his scenes with Ben, which is oh. that they have this interesting relationship of having the, to by the kind way, the of, vending machine interaction is the fucking best. Where Noel says, of course, that the vending machine works for Ben and no one else. <laughs> Like, was that line ri- – who wrote that line? I don't line? know, but like, it's perfect. Wh- whoever was really writing for Noel. <laughs> <laughs> but truthfully, it's one of those, like, it's that moment, and it's said – I honestly think it's said off camera. Like, I think it's, like, literally the back of Noel, and he just goes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just perfect. It's so good. And then he uses it immediately after, and it, and it doesn't, doesn't work. work. It's great. It's great. I mean, also, I love. I mean, there Noel up against Scott Speedman. Sure, Noel is a nerd, but like Noel is also hot, super like, hot. He's yeah. really hot. He's his beautiful eyes, and, yeah. and you you know that he was originally cast as Ben. I didn't know that. So Scott Foley was cast as Ben, 
and they didn't have a knoll. And then they were three days before shooting and someone sent a tape for Scott Speedman and they were like, oh, fuck, we found our Ben. And then they went to Scott Foley and said, would you be Noel? Whoa, I didn't know that. And it's, and I mean, it's, it's just, you know, obviously it's just, uh, it's fate. It's, it's whatever it's serendipitous, but like, because I could see Scott Foley as Ben, like I could see it, but now it's like, he's, he is fucking Noel. Noel. Like there's just no one, there's no one else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah. I mean, even, even being like the hot, you know, CIA agent in Scandal, you're like, yeah, kinda. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're, you're never like. You're, you're, maybe that is maybe that is informed by our love for Noel yeah. watching Scandal, but you're like you're Noel, but he he gets he's hot, you know. But there, but Scott Speedman has that has that cowboy element, you know, that like rustic, tortured it's, it's he's soul. Canadian. <laughs> I know that is that was in my in my in my trivia <laughs> review of these characters of these actors. I was like. Of course, Scott Speedman is Canadian. Yeah. Of, of course, course. Is. of course, he is. of course, and of course, and of course, they dated in real life because no one. No I, but had that a- well, speaking of real life um, relationships, Scott Foley and Jennifer Garner. Yep. God, Hannah, Hannah is one messy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a really great guest coming on for for uh, the episode where she comes back and Felicity has sex with that guy and Noel doesn't have sex with Hannah and the fireworks that that guy out. you mean Simon Rex? Wait, which which guy? Uh, the guy? Wait, the... when she loses her virginity to Simon Rex? To Simon it... Rex? I mean, the show is brilliant. The show <laughs> is iconic for our generation. <laughs> I know. And, I know. Wait, hold on. She has sex in the art studio. It's so hot. It's and it's pouring rain outside. Yes. <laughs> and it's there's the, like this. It is the most WB yeah, ever. There's like this Rococo glow <laughs> <laughs> with them. You know, it's like slightly uh, blurry. And and Simon uh, Rex is of course like a very like sensitive <laughs> lover. <laughs> You know, because he's an artist. Yeah, he's earnest, and he also says, "Are you sure? Should I stop?" Yeah, and I'm, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. But he sends her flowers afterward. Can we I just, wish men would send Simon flowers Rex. more. Simon Rex, good or bad actor? Well, one might say, was that <laughs> the real Simon Rex? Was he a bad actor because that is the real Simon Simon Rex? But I bought it. Maybe. I bought that. Yeah, soul. no, I I I bought it. But I also was like, I just, I remember vividly, and I'm sure I will say this again when we get to the episode, but I remember vividly watching that episode and vehemently hating Simon Rex with every ounce of my being, because I was like, you have robbed Noel and Felicity of this moment together. How dare you? I know. But you know what? That was, that was Noel and Ben's fault. You know, yeah, no, yeah, Noel it's, it's fucked up yeah. big time. But their fight, and and I know that this isn't in the episode that we're here yes. to talk about. Yeah, but, but yeah, that fight when was so good. It was so good, and and too mature. Mm-hmm. I think too mature. They were too mature yeah. for that to have been to eight, like an eighteen and a nineteen year old. I'm like, how how would they know to like you know? But 
when she's like, you just left and you're like, fuck God. Yeah. You know, like here's, here's something that the nineties did incredibly well that we don't do as well today. I don't think is finding weird little slipstreams for people to be, to cheat on each other where both sides can be right. Yeah. That's a like I o- thing. Like I often yeah. think about the the break on on friends, obviously. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep. was Ross wrong? <laughs> like, no, he wasn't. And he wasn't. She, right? Like, you, it, it's it's creating situations where both people can win, and it's just it's good TV. It's good TV when, as an audience member, you find yourself torn. And also not vilifying either side. It's just, yeah. it's important for broadcast TV. It's not obviously important for, for cable and streaming, but right. it's just an interesting thing. And, and, and this well, it creates conversation. It's like, yeah. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she did that. Yeah. But then you can because, yeah. You know, and the it's next also, can. I'm going to say something that is not generally associated with, uh, with JJ Abrams, but I think that the piping for season one is laid out really well in the sense that you create all of these fissures, you create all these sort of like broken relationships, but also these loving relationships. And then you leave us in a cab, not knowing who she's going to go with. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just really good TV. What a, I mean, cliff cliffhanger of the times. I remember where I was watching that for the first time and I was distraught. I was pulling my hair out. I remember at the time, and it's so funny to think about this now, knowing now what I know about television production, they did not know who it was going to be, Ben or Noel. But I remember at the time, I had a friend who had recorded it on video cassette and was watching it frame by frame to see if they could read her lips to see if they could see if it was Ben or Noel, as though like they had any fucking idea. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I wrote. It's, it's, it's good times. Oh, God, I love. <laughs> that was so good. It's, it's and great. I oh, and, it, and Sarah and like, McLaughlin playing in the background, and her writing oh, Felicity was here. It's just great. It's just great. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So at the she, end of this episode, yeah. uh, something kind of weird happens, which which is that Felicity goes back to the library to piece together more evidence against Blair. Well, she meets up with at Ronald the library. She's at the library with Elena. Right, and right, Elena right. says, I forgive him. And something like, uh, there's like a light, there's a light bulb moment. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then Felicity's like, wait, I think that autistic guy can help me piece together. Right. I have to what just happened. confirm with right. the autistic guy. Um, right. And then and how convenient that he was there. <laughs> very convenient that he was very there. convenient. But, but what's, so she goes to him and the music changes to like this noirish detective yes. type yeah. score. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it was like a, um, I felt like I was in Thomas crown affair, you know, with like, yeah, yeah. Like a caper man playing. You're just like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> It gets like kind of like jaunty and like yeah. kind of like detective-y. And then she like puts it together 
And then she goes back and Elena have and her have that conversation we were talking about earlier, where she says, have you ever even been to my house? Right. It's a great scene. Right. Um, then Julie, after recording herself on the dictaphone that Felicity uses every day to talk to Sally, she records a tape to her mom. Yeah. She goes to her mom's advertising company. I think it's an advertising company. or uh, Architecture. Architecture. Architecture firm. With the tape. And then, of course, just because, you know, it's TV and this is what's necessary. The reception is like, oh, you must be here for the internship. Right. And Julie's like, no, I just wanted to. Okay, here. And she just like hands her a fucking form to fill out for an intern. Like how convenient that this person is just willing to like hand her on a silver platter. Right. An opportunity to meet her mom. But it is what it is. Right. Uh, and, and she obviously takes it. And then the last scene is one that I really love that I was talking about earlier, which is them outside the club. And it's Elena and Felicity. And earlier, Blair had invited Elena to go to a concert. She bailed because she just didn't want to go. And then she sees Blair walk out of the concert alone. And we're all like, oh, look, he's not a bad guy. And then, well, I, wait, before you get to the end, I think actually when Elena goes to Felicity's room, or I guess it was actually Noel's room that Felicity was in, and Elena says, and asks her after they had this fight where Elena right, says, right. are we even friends? Um, <clears throat> or how good of friends are we? That she really, in a, in a humbled moment says, I, I really need you right now. So maybe we are friends, you know? Um, I like, I need my friend right now. I yep. need you to come with me. And, um, and Felicity does it, you know, and Felicity yep. who really, I think that scene was really well acted. Like she was, I do too. She was scared of Elena at that moment. She was yes. embarrassed by what she had said to her and shameful. Yeah. And she says, give me a minute. And she puts on her shoes and goes with her to the concert. To the, to the concert. And, and, and again, it's a testament to, I mean, I'm, I'm just a big fan of um, uh, scenes speaking without actually having dialogue. I, I love yeah. a good silent scene when you can rely on your actors to convey without necessarily needing the words to convey it and what tangy miller does in that scene of she sees him come out she's emboldened by that sort of a smile comes across her face comes like, out he's alone a good guy he comes out alone he's a good guy i was right all along then tara comes out they kiss and how crestfallen elena is in yeah. that situation and just the, and her and the two friends just you know felicity just giving her a hug and just holding her in that final moment while sally tells felicity about how she cheated on her <laughs> husband in, in voiceover <laughs> I wrote it down though. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, there is. Yeah. So she says, I used to think an affair could do nothing but destroy a relationship. But from that moment on, I never lied to him again. Not even about the smallest thing. Sometimes in a relationship going through hell, isn't so bad. If you come out a little stronger, I guess the same thing is true about friends. It's nice. It's, it's good. so it's good. sweet. It's, it's very it's, sweet. It's sweet. And it's, it's profound. It actually is very it's profound. It is. I mean, again, this show is, is it's a big hearted show. It wears its heart on its sleeve, but you know, best of intentions. It's smartly done. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, and it, and, and truthfully, like it is profound in its way. You know what I mean? Like, listen, this isn't this show. I don't think that this show is, is attempting to be 
you know, the Sopranos or even the West Wing. Like, I don't think it's striving for that. I think it's striving for for little moments of honesty and humanity that can connect with people during a very kind of tumultuous time in your life. So yeah, I just, yeah, that's, that's a good I, show. You know, and you did say that the first season, you know, just the, the fact that this was JJ and Matt Reeves is crazy. And, <laughs> it's it's just so random but that takes us back to a really like good writing good writing and good visionary directing mm-hmm. you know is um that is that can stand yeah. up whether it's a small little character piece about kids in a, you know, in their freshman year of college, figuring their shit out, or if it's Star Wars, you know, it's totally, it, it just all, it just shows that they are, that they're good, you know, and that a concept doesn't have to be a mind blowing concept. Well, it just has. It's yeah. also interesting that you say that. Cause I, I remember, um, you know, when I was working with Alex Kurtzman on, on Sleepy Hollow, you know, he would talk a lot about Cameron Crowe. Um, and I think the camera crow is a big touchstone for him and, and perhaps even for JJ as well, because you do see that there's kind of two lanes for JJ, which is that you've got Felicity, you have six degrees, you have what about Brian? And then on top, you know, then you have lost and alias mm-hmm. and fringe. And, and I think that sometimes it's a shame that he has to choose between those two modes, because yeah. I think that, um, there's no question that he probably, I don't know if he gets more enjoyment out of the character driven stuff, but that character stuff is just, that's the goods. That's the stuff that you remember. It's those, you know, uh, to quote Cameron Crowe, like little things, there's nothing bigger. Like that, that to me, I think is really sort of in a lot of ways infused in a lot of their work. And it's why when they're at their, at their a game, if you will, it feels like they find a way to infuse both those things. Like lost for all intents and purposes is really a character drama. It just happens to have this, sheen of genre and you know supernatural what have you so i i I, to your point i think that as crazy as it is that matt reeves and jj abrams made this show looking at where they've gone since right you still can see how this came from those guys right Um, exactly and 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 and, and, you know how much they they obviously have an affinity for that stuff so right uh it's really great Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on to talk about Felicity, Alex. Such a pleasure. (laughs) It's also so nice to to see see your face via Zoom in this moment of quarantine. I think we're going to have a Zoom party soon, isn't? uh, There's, there's. I I think that Eric. Are we doing? I think Eric was talking about doing one. So great. Hopefully, we can make that happen. Great. But um, thank you for coming to talk about this. You're obviously going to come on for another movie or another TV show down the road. We're going to be doing another show. Um, It might just be me again doing another show, but I think. I think it will speak to you. I'll tell you what it is off mic. But, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I look forward to having you back on to talk about something else. And my heart goes out to Kenny right now with all those children. Four children. <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking like, about him. It's like four children. He's on a television show in a virtual room. I think he's developing three other things. I'm just like, yeah, so it's it's Oof. crazy stuff. But, you know, listen, he also doesn't give a shit about Felicity. So this is just me living out my dream of being able to talk about Felicity for, for 20 hours. So all is well. But uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, Phil. Thanks. Podcast like it's, podcast like it's 19.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.